Well, today, um, if I can limp back here to the Advent candle. First Sunday of Advent was actually last Sunday. We wanted to start it this Sunday for us. Um, anybody know what the word Advent means? It means arrival. And it's all about this one who was arriving. And what's his name, church? His name is Jesus. And, and that's why we celebrate you know, this season of the year. Um, a while back when I was working on a Christmas series, you know, when, you, when you've been in ministry as long as I have, coming up in February, it'll be 40 years that I've, I've been in full-time ministry, and you preach on Christmas every single year, um, it's, it's a little difficult to be creative to, to tell the same story over and over and over again. And um, a few months ago, I was, I was praying, and I was just, as I was thinking about Christmas, I was just asking God, Lord, can you help me see things maybe a little bit differently? Help me see something I haven't seen. Help me think a little bit uh, different thoughts. Help kind of help broaden my mind so that it doesn't all become redundant. And, um, and one of the things that hit me was as we talk about Christmas and we think about, you know, Jesus coming. Um, and I started thinking about all that Christmas meant. And the thing that I heard God say to me was, you do know I've been working with people forever. In other words, even before I came to earth, I was in touch with my creation. And it caused me to just kind of think back about what we talk about with Christmas and all that it means, but the realization that even before he came, God was with us. God was interacting with us. And it kind of led me on this journey, and I, that's what I want to talk about throughout this series. Yeah, we're going to focus on Jesus and all that Christmas means, but what I want to tie it all into was the fact that even before he came, God was up to some stuff. And that's what we want to talk about. I want you to take out your sermon outline if you want to, and, and you can track along with me. Um, I want to look at the, a, a verse of Scripture that really kind of sums up what this season of the year uh, is all about. In John 1, uh, verse 1 and 14, do you read that out loud with me? It said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. Now, I just want you to let the, the meaning of that just kind of sink in for a second. That the God of all of the universe became flesh and dwelt among us. This unknowable God, this unreachable God, this untouchable God, this God that we could not through history ever begin to understand became flesh. And now all of a sudden, this mysterious God that no one really knew, all of a sudden we could see him. We could uh, understand him. We could see what he looked like, see what he acted like, see how he talked. And, and that's what the power of this revelation was all about. But you do understand that God was revealing himself all through history. And that's why I put on your outline, Jesus was the exclamation point on the story that God had been writing from the beginning of time. And I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about the fact that even before he came, God was speaking. 
Now, I, I know we live in a culture that says if you, if you hear voices, uh, there's probably something wrong with you, and you're probably a little crazy. Um, but how many of you wouldn't be afraid to admit publicly that you feel like you've heard the voice of God before? Yeah. And the fact of the matter is God does speak to us. And one of the things that hit me is that God has been speaking to us for a long, long time. In fact, one of the things I want to say to you, I mentioned this a few weeks ago in a message, but I believe with all of my heart that God is speaking to each of us every single day of our lives. The question is not whether or not God is speaking. The question is, are we listening or not? You say, well, Pastor Steve, how, how has God been speaking? Well, a few ways. You ready? Here we go. God speaks to us through all he created. God speaks to us through all he created. Do you, do you know that the creation that you see around you speaks from God? It is God trying to show us and reveal us himself. And if you're taking notes on the side, creation is God speaking quietly. It's God speaking quietly. I love what we find in Scripture. Psalm 19, first few verses, it says, The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display His craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make Him known. Now, read it out loud with me. They speak without a word, sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. You hear what he's saying? He's saying it, the creation is God speaking very clearly, but very quietly. And if you really look, it reveals to you that there has to be a God. There has to be a creator. There has to be someone out there who has designed all of this. That's what Paul was getting at what he said when he wrote to the Romans, and he said, forever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Read it with me, church. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Um, I was having a, a conversation with my grandson, Maddox a, a few weeks ago, and we got talking about about God, and I mentioned the fact that it that I know that there are people who don't believe in God, but I said, you know, it does the world doesn't make any sense to me without God. And Maddox said, What do you mean, Grandpa? And I said, Well, and I pointed to the recliner chair that was sitting in our living room. And I said, Where do you think this recliner chair came from? And he's from the store. And I said, yeah. I said, somebody built it and sold it, right? He said, yeah. I said, you wouldn't expect that what that really was was a whole bunch of thread laying on our living room floor uh, with some wood scraps and some metal laying beside it. And, and the Oklahoma wind came blowing through our house and somehow blew all that thread together and somehow blew all of that wood together and all those screws together. And, and this chair, this recliner chair, this chair just began to form and decided it wanted to lay itself back. And so it, 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 it grabbed hold of some more wood and put a handle on the side. And I said, you wouldn't, you wouldn't begin to think 
that that would happen on its own, then why would we think that this incredible, magnificent universe as we know it, so intricately designed with so many complex systems to it, why would we think that that just happened? Since when do inanimate objects know that they need to evolve? You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Have you ever, how many of you have ever been in nature and you can just feel God in nature? Anybody ever that? Yeah, that's it. Um, Wanda and I, back in October, um, we knew that our grandkids were going to be moving here in, uh, at the end of October. And we knew that they were going to be living just a couple of doors down and that we would probably never for the rest of our lives have a day to ourselves. And so we decided we need to, to get away for, for a week. And so we decided to um, go to a place I, I'd never been. I think Wanda only been to parts of it, but to uh, the upper peninsula of Michigan and uh, just to see, take in the fall foliage and uh, just to see some of the beautiful trees as they change and to see some places that we, we'd never been before. And so we did. And again, these are just some pictures I shot with my phone, but uh, shoot that picture. Is that beautiful or what? I mean, look at that waterfall with those trees and the colors. Look at that. I mean, isn't that just gorgeous? We got to go and see all these kinds of different waterfalls like that. Throw that next picture up on the screen. Is that not magnificent? I mean, and again, the picture cannot do it justice to take it in. Throw the next picture up. I mean, look at that. I mean, we were up at Tequamanon State Park, and, and just, it was just overwhelming how beautiful it was. Now, the most beautiful creation up there that I saw was this. <laughs> now, wouldn't you agree that is a magnificent, beautiful creation? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Score me some points, baby. <laughs> but you see, God made all of these beautiful things. And when God created all of this, it was his quiet way of letting us know, I, I am a God of beauty. I am a God of design. I am here. God speaks to us through all he created. God speaks to us. Um, I want to go back to that. I had a a slide up here I wanted to show. I I love a couple. There's a couple of quotes that I had. Werner von Braun, I love it. Werner von Braun was the the father of the the whole rocket science thing back in the early 1900s. And I love what he said. He said, my experiences with science led me to God. They challenged science to prove the existence of God. But must we really light a candle to see the sun? I, I, thought, I just thought that was so brilliant. This is from Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton said, the, in the absence of any other proof, the thumb alone would convince me of God's, of God's existence. And I, when I read that, I thought, well, that's kind of funny. And then I thought, I really do need my thumb. You know, how, at what point did the hand go, man, we need a thumb. We think we're going to, you know, we're going to design one. It doesn't. I I read this. Let me give you one more. I I read uh, one of the best books I've read in a long time. A few years ago was a a book called Counting to God by Douglas L. Douglas L. was a guy who grew up, um, he was born into a family that went to church, but um, as a boy, he just, he stopped going as as a young teen got away from God, began to believe, you know, he got really, he was a brilliant, brilliant kid, got into math and science and just decided there was no God and, and had everything had to evolve as he was told and so forth and so on. Um, he ended up going to MIT, um, got a, a degree in math 
and also in advanced mathematics. He got a degree in biology, and as if that wasn't enough, decided after he got all of that that he wanted to go ahead and get a law degree and become a practicing attorney. Um, but it was in the course of all of that that he, he began to, to realize, as he was studying, that some of the stuff that he's being told just doesn't make sense. And in his book, he talks about how his math and biology and even being an attorney, how all that came together. And he, he says at one point, he says, the math nerd in me could not help but calculate literally on the back of an envelope on an airplane, the fantastic improbability that a single functional protein was ever created by accident in the entire history of the universe. He said, I was thunderstruck. He said, it was an aha moment. He said, I remember staring at the calculations in disbelief. He, he said, couldn't others do the math and see what seemed so obvious? It was a no-brainer. And he said, at that point, I knew that modern science supported belief in God. God speaks through his creation. He'll speak to you if you'll listen. He speaks quietly. God also speaks to us through the scriptures. God speak, also speaks to us through the scriptures. When people ask, Pastor Steve, why do you make such a big deal over and over again about the importance of getting into the Word of God? And it's this. The Scriptures are the most direct way that God speaks to us. When we talk about the voices of God, Scriptures are God speaking directly. Directly. In fact, again, I think testimony helps. How many of you uh, can, can, could, could openly, publicly admit that there have been times you've been reading the Word of God and God spoke directly to you through a scripture that you were reading at that moment in time? How many of you can? Yeah, yeah. And again, that's why we make such a big deal, not just so that you know the Bible and know how many books are in the Bible, but that it's the voice of God who can speak to you. Over and over again, I have people who, who will tell me, boy, Pastor Steve, I, I was reading the scripture the other day, and I was needing something, and you know, I was reading this, and all of a sudden, right there it was, God was telling me exactly what I needed to hear. And you know what? That's what God does. I love how Paul describes it, 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, all scripture is inspired by God, or literally the breath of God, and is useful to teach us what is true, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. Read the last sentence with me. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. You know, when I was reading, reading this this morning, I, it, 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 something hit me. When I read that line that Paul wrote, and he said, and it's, it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. And I thought about, I wonder through history, how many people there have been that were at the end of their rope, who had looked for meaning in life in all the wrong places, and somehow along the way came across the Bible, and it was as they were reading the Scripture, it became clear, and they realized what was wrong in their lives, what they were missing. That's what Scripture does for us. Scripture is God speaking directly. Um, I, I came across a blog that I absolutely loved. 
And uh, it's written by a, a doctor from Australia. And he wrote this uh, a few years ago, and he was, um, he's still a young, very young man, but he wrote this just a couple years ago when he was actually a, a, a med school student in his fifth year of med school. And it was the title that got me, that really caught my attention, written by a, a guy named Nathan. And he's, the title that he gave to his blog was 75 Bible Verses That Got Me Through Med School Exams. I thought, that's worth reading. And I'm not going to read you the whole article, obviously, but I want, to, I want to read to you what he wrote about the 75 verses that he was putting out there. He says, I must confess that during exams, I sometimes find myself spending less time with God. Tired from hours of cramming, I start getting too tired to spend time with God after a long day's work. I begin to lose my priorities. I unintentionally <coughs> pack my days so full with study that there's no room left for him. Before I know it, my usual routine of setting aside time for the Lord each day flies out the window. It's not an intentional decision to turn from God, but an insidious process that happens when I lose my priorities in the face of the looming barrier exams. But every year when this happens, he says one particular verse comes back to me and grabs my attention. It's a famous one, which has been the reoccurring theme of my medical school life for the last five years. And here's the verse from Matthew 6, 33 and 34. Seek first the kingdom, his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. He says, when I remember this passage, I remember what is really important in life. I realize anew what is the tree the true key to success. What amount of human effort can ever be effective than more effective than the help of, that God gives to anyone who truly seeks his kingdom? Every time I've tried to live life in accordance with this passage, I've seen God do things which I thought weren't possible. This whole blog is a testimony of those stories. Now, as I look back after five years of exams, I realize again that my success in exams so far has come from seeking the Lord, not from trying to achieve these things out of my own human strength. So with my final exams of med school coming up in six days, I've decided to put together a collection of my favorite Bible verses for exams categorized by topic that have helped me through every exam so far in the last five years. This collection of Bible verses for exams are as much a reminder to myself as an encouragement to other students facing exam. And here's what he says. He says, Lord, help me take a break from textbooks every so often and remember where my greatest help comes from. And so for all of you facing exams or for all of our students that we've got in med school, if you want a copy of that blog, you can email me and I'll be happy to send you a copy of the link. It was just a great, it's just a great read. What's he saying? He's saying, you know, not that I don't have to study for exams. I do. But when I open God's word, God has a chance to speak directly into my soul. That's what gives me stability and strength. Amen. Pastor Steve, how does God speak to us? Well, he speaks through creation. He speaks directly through the scriptures. Can I give you another? Don't freak out. But God speaks to us through the angels. God speaks to us through the angels. 
couple days ago, I wrote, I'm writing my, my Christmas devotional now, and um, a couple days ago, I wrote about the angels and the fact that the angels are everywhere in the Christmas story. You got angels talking to Zechariah before John the Baptist was born, angels talking to Joseph and giving him assurance, the angel talking to Mary, the angels uh, talking to the shepherds. Every, everywhere you go in the Christmas story, uh, you see these angels talking, and, and, and God used angels like that a lot. But not just angels from heaven. God also uses angels here on earth. The word angel means messenger. And God often uses flesh and blood people as his angels to get his message to us. That's why I love Hebrews writer says, Hebrews 13, 2. He says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. Read it with me. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Now, what I'm going to tell you is I'm, I'm going to guarantee you that almost every one of us in here have had people who have spoken to us through the years. And what we haven't realized, but this is a person who was directly nudged by God to give us that message at that appointed time. Come on, just think with me for a second. How many of you can look back and you can identify conversation with someone or something someone said to you that was so timely and so right on? It was, it was a powerful moment in your life and they, they, what they said to you was exactly what you needed to hear at that moment in your life. How many of you have ever had that kind of experience? Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? I'm going to tell you that it comes from the Spirit of God using people as his messengers and his angels. Does that make sense to you? And, and I've been in the business long enough now to have had a few weird experiences where I'm going, I'm not sure exactly who that was or if they really were even of this planet but God uses some people in some awful, strange ways. And I guarantee you there's some of you that have got stories like that. I, I, I read one story of the testimony of a guy by the name of Ray. And uh, Ray was talking about the fact he was homeless for about three and a half years. And he was living in, in uh, California. And he was talking about one, one night, um, he had been really hungry. He had gone three days. He hadn't, hadn't eaten. And he was sleeping in an alley between two buildings, and he said it was chilly that night, and he had, a, he had a sleeping bag, but he said it was he was so hungry that he said, I hardly slept. And he said, I've just kind of dozed off and on all night. And he said, finally, at 6 o'clock, I, I got up, and he said, I was so hungry. He said, I'd come to a, a breaking point where I just didn't want to live anymore. And he said, I just decided, you know what, if I, if I can't find any food today, I'm just going to end it. Yeah, I, can't, I can't live like this. And so he said he, he hid his sleeping bag in some bushes so he could come back and find it later. And he said it was really foggy that day. And he said, I walked out of the alley. And he said, I'm thinking to myself, you know, there's a, a, a little restaurant in a, a brick, red brick rest building restaurant. He said, where I know that I could, I could get a breakfast for $3.45. And he said, but he said, man, when you're homeless, $3.45 is like $1,000. He said, you know, I had no idea, you know, where, where in the world I could come up with that kind of money. And he said, I, I, I walked out of the alley in the middle of this fog. And he said, just as I turned the corner, he said, there was this old man walking really slow toward me with a cane. And um, he said, most people, you know, 
don't even make eye contact or they try to avoid, avoid you if you're homeless. But he said, this, this old man looked directly at me and smiled and said, good morning. And he said, I returned the greeting. And he said, he said as I, I was getting ready to walk by him, he said, the old man said, you know, he said, past this building, he said, there's a tree on the left down there. And he said, as I was walking by, I noticed that there was some money down beside that tree. He said, I'm all lamed up. He said, I couldn't bend down and pick it up. He said, but if you're, if you're needing a little money, he said, there's some money down there you might get. And he said, I said, I said, it was so random. He said, I just thought, well, that's really weird. And he said, I started walking away. He said, I started walking quickly in that direction. He said, I got about 30 feet. And I really, I didn't even thank the guy. And he goes, and I turned around and this slow as a turtle guy with a cane was gone. And he said, now I'm freaking out just a little bit. You know, he said, I know it's foggy, but he said, there's no way this guy could have got, could have got away. He said, so I went on down. He goes, and I got to the tree. And he said, I started looking around the tree and I didn't see anything. And so he said, I just thought, you know, it, I, I guess, I guess I, wrong tree or I didn't hear him right or God was mistaken. And he said, I, I started crossing the street. He goes, halfway across the street, he goes, I hear this voice that says, go back and look again. And he goes, I'm like, you know, I'm starving. What do I get to lose? And he said, I go back. And he said, I, I start looking around the tree again. It looked a little more closely. He said, I still don't see anything. And he goes, now I'm really frustrated. And he goes, I start back across the street. And he goes, and now, he said, honestly, now I'm thinking about how I'm going to die. He said, I'm thinking about, you know, what building I might jump off of or what, you know, what I might do to, to end it. And he goes, I get, I get halfway across the street. And he said, I hear this voice again. Go back and look more carefully. And he goes, so he said, I stop. And I'm like, I'm losing my mind. And he goes, but he said, what do I got to do? So he, so he said, I go back again. He goes, I get down on my hands and knees. And he said, this tree, he said it, was, it had all kinds of red wood chips all around it. And he said, I, I get down my hands and knees, and he's, he said, I'm looking, I can't see anything. And I said, I hear this voice again say, move the wood chips. And he goes, I start digging like an idiot. He's, I'm digging through these wood chips. He goes, this tree is in someone's yard. He goes, I know, you know, somebody's going to look out and just think I'm, I'm nuts. He goes, but I'm, I'm kind of moving these wood chips, and I see some change. He goes, and I start gathering this change up. And he, he said, I start collecting all this change. And he said, I get it. I get it all in my hands. And he, I smooth the wood chips back so it won't look like I messed anything up. And I count my change, $3.45. Exactly what I needed for the breakfast at the restaurant. Anybody here want to doubt that that was an angel? God speaks to us in a lot of different ways. Every once in a while, he uses angels, messengers of his, angels from heaven, angels here on earth, to tell us what we need to hear. Creation is God speaking quietly. Scriptures are God speaking directly. Angels, that's God speaking personally to another individual. Let me give you one more. God speaks to us through Jesus. God speaks to us through Jesus. Jesus is God speaking loudly. It's God speaking loudly. Jesus was as if God was saying, can you hear me now? 
Jesus was the full expression of God trying to get the attention of his creation and letting them know who he really was and what he was out to do. Uh, look, at, look at the passage of Scripture from Hebrews 1. Read it with me, church. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now, in these final days, he has spoken to us. How? Through his Son. Through his Son. When Jesus preached, his messages shouted God's wisdom. His messages shouted God's wisdom. I love when you read in the Gospels when people were watching him preach and they said, man, who is this guy? He preaches like someone who has authority. Well, of course he was. Jesus was the word in the flesh. And so when he preached the message of God, he was preaching it clear. It was shouting. His life shouted the character of God. If you ever wondered what God was like, if you ever wondered what God was about, if you ever wondered what God was up to, how God would treat people, how God would interact, what was important to him, just read about Jesus because his life shouted the character of God. His death shouted God's love. His death shouted God's love. You know, throughout history, I think people probably wondered, how does God really feel about us? You know, even though over and over again in the Old Testament, as you read it, God, God talked about how much he loved his people. How, how his love was, you know, from generation to generation and how it was a steadfast love. I mean, you read all of that. But Jesus was God. Shouting, Jesus was God's way of trying to get our attention and say, how much do I love you? This much. And when he gave his life on a cross, it was God letting you know that's how much he really does love you. For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you would just believe in him, you, you won't have to perish. You can, through him, have everlasting life. Amen? God shouted his love through Jesus' death. And you know what? That wasn't the end of it. Because in his resurrection, that was Jesus shouting God's power. Nothing is too impossible for our God. You know, I don't know who, who you are, what you're going through. Here's what I know. God is bigger than your circumstances. God is bigger than what you're facing. God is more than able to deal with whatever it is that you are going through. Jesus was God shouting. <laughs> That's why I put it at the bottom of your outline. Even before he came, God spoke. But when Jesus came, God shouted. If God could get your undivided attention today, what would he say to you? What message has God been trying to get through that maybe you haven't been listening to? Maybe you haven't been paying attention to. Maybe you've been avoiding God is speaking 
He's always been speaking. Do you hear him? Are you listening for him? You know, today, as we close, we're going to be sharing communion together in just a moment. Scott and Rachel are going to lead us in a, in a beautiful song that just talks about the fact that above all else, God loved you. And this morning, I, I want you to know, it doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter how long you've been away from God. Today, I want to ask you to just open your heart to the Lord. I, I want you to open your heart to who He is and all that He wants to do in your life. God is shouting to you how much he loves you. And my prayer today is that you would receive that. As they lead us in this song, I'm going to ask you, go ahead and take your communion cup out. And it takes a little bit to kind of get it together there. And you got to pull that white cellophane back and you got to pull out that little piece of styrofoam that's supposed to be a piece of bread. And I know that these are simple things. But these are holy things. Not because of what they're made of. Not because of how they taste. But because this little wafer represents a body that was broken for you. A little cup of juice that represents blood that was spilled on your behalf. This is how God paid for your sin. That's his way of telling you how much he loves you. God is shouting that today to you. Do you hear him? I'm just going to ask as they lead us in this song, just take, just make this your personal time of worship. Listen to what God may wanting to be say to you today. And after we sing the song through, I want to pray a prayer and we'll receive the elements together. Father, we hold in our hand today the evidence of your love for us. If we ever doubted it across the centuries, you made it clear on the cross. And Jesus stretched out his hand and said, it is finished, paid in full. And you didn't do it because we were that loving or good. It was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. And so today, Lord, we we hold these elements that shout to us of your grace, shout to us of your mercy, shout to us of your forgiveness. Lord, I pray for every single person who's taking this with us today or hearing this at the sound of my voice, that today they would know it doesn't matter where they've been. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter how many years they've spent in the dark. Today they can step into the light. Jesus said, if any man comes to me, any man, I will and know, likewise cast out. And so today we hold this little wafer that represents your body broken for us. This little cup of juice that represents your blood spilled on our behalf. We receive these things today as the shouts of love from the halls of heaven. Lord, we don't know why you love us like you do, but we know you do. This was God speaking. In your precious name we pray. We give you thanks. And everyone said.